Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out. HashtagBasketball.com. I am here with a real trade deadline guru. I'm not here with Shams. I'm not here with Woj. I'm here with someone who's above both of those guys. I'm here with Watts. Tyler P. Watts, what's up, Tyler? Michael. Uh, opening thoughts on just the deadline itself. Because, like, it was weird. I uh, thought it was strange. I thought it was very strange that, like, all the deals seemed to happen, like, in the early, like, that wasn't even afternoon, I don't think, on the East, right? It was, like, 11, maybe noon-ish. And then, like, we really didn't see much around 3. Yeah, the deadline actually went down. It was it was kind of weird because we were both kind of like, yo, this is going to be a crazy trade trade deadline. It's going to be nuts. And like, if you look at it kind of like not at the names of the players, but you look at how many trades actually happen leading into the trade deadline and trade deadline day, there's quite there's quite a bit of trades. There's quite a bit of moving around of players. Most of them. um bench spots ancillary players salary dead weight a couple names here a couple names there and it all kind of happened right at, like you're saying right at the beginning of the day everybody who had like a live stream everybody who's like doing a live trade nba trade deadline um there's always like a one trade that's like did they get it into the front office on time did they call the front office on time or not we don't know and uh now it's like you know it's just like an entire morning afternoon afternoon of just like people just sitting around looking at twitter not getting any updates at all it's weird but it was i mean it was also not exciting either like who's the who's the biggest name who who got traded in in fantasy basketball this this uh this trade deadline i mean i it depends on how you look at this because honestly it might have been one of the better trade deadlines if you include Harden, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi getting traded, right? It's just those trades happened yeah. months ago Wild. in some cases. Well, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna count Pascal. I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna count Harden. I think that was that was uh, unrelated. Yeah, but I mean like it was actually like in season trade wise, it was actually a good year for in season trades, I think. And there were actually Absolutely. were quite a few of them. You know what I mean? It's just like they happened at like we hadn't seen a trade in January or not in January in December in like a while. Right. And that's when OG got traded or like that yeah. early in January, whatever it was like, there wouldn't been a real like trade in the NBA at that time period when OG got traded, like in a while. And so, um, yeah, it was just like a weird, a weird year kind of for the deadline. But I mean, yesterday, the best trailer got traded on actual deadline day, Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington, yeah, oh, Bogdan. Um, Bo- I was Gordon. I was Bojan Bogdanovich probably. Maybe Buddy Heald. Like I mean, those yeah, Buddy, are the names, I think right? Buddy Heald's good. Let's let's talk about Buddy Heald because I do think Buddy Heald on the Sixers is a very nice is is a nice fit. Um, is he a nice fit? Sands Embiid because we have no idea when Embiid's no. coming back. I don't. I actually don't think he's a good fit. Uh, with a, well, how, how about this? Yes, I do because someone needs to score and Buddy Heald can score. And when Buddy Heald plays, he's like a, actually a top like 75, some, sometimes a top 50 player when he's hot and when he's like allowed to do a bunch of things with the ball. I don't know if he's going to be allowed to play that role on the Sixers, even 
with like Embiid's scoring disappearing, they need someone else to take that up. Maxi's still going to be the guy. Maxi's still going to have the ball. He's still going to be dishing it out. But that means he's going to play. He's going to get minutes. He's going to score. He's going to shoot threes. And I think like if Buddy Heald's like on your waiver wire, you should, should pick him up. Um, to answer your question, we saw Buddy Heald's first game. Um, yeah, on Friday night, and who took the most shots on the Sixers in Buddy Heald's first game? Uh, it's Buddy Heald. Yeah, he took 18, Oubre took 17, uh, Cameron Payne took 15, Tobias Harris took 15. Obviously, Maxi did not play. Um, but yeah, Buddy Heald took the I most think shots. Th- there, there's your, there's your like caveat. Maxi did not play, right? Who's yeah, gonna take the most he- shots when uh, Maxi's back? I think but, it's going to be Maxi, but the but, second's going to be Buddy Heald over Tobias Harris. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Cameron Payne took 15 and Ubre took 17. Like, most of Maxi's shots are coming out of those two, more so than Buddy Heald. 100%. Yeah, and Buddy Heald's fun. Buddy Heald's good. He had six assists, four rebounds. I, I don't see any standard league where he should not be rostered. Um, it sounds like Embiid's going to try to come back for the playoffs. I'm assuming he's not coming back though until April ish. I assume he's not coming back. Uh, I, I I assume if you if you have him, drop him. Like I yes. don't. He's not coming back. So even if you have playoffs he... to go to the end of the year, what do you, what what are you gonna get? Uh, a twenty minute Embiid? Like nah, just drop. So him. what do, what does Heald average for the rest of the season? Because we've seen years where he scored twenty points a game. He's he literally scored twenty points a game in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Is, is he at that level? Is he at, is he four threes a game like he was in 2021 when he, I mean, obviously he was pretty much leading the league non-Steph Curry division. I think you could see someone who's 18, three and a half, five rebounds, maybe three, three and a half, four assists and close to a steal. That's nice. And that's yeah, like, I, mean, I, I say that might be on the lower side. If he's playing 38, 39 minutes, bump all, the, all those stats up just a little bit. Well, and it is Nick Nurse. Yeah. Who tends to and, lean into the Thibodeau. And there's not like, it's not like who's, who's, who's stealing Buddy Heald's minutes on this team. Well, and this is why I think it was a good move for the Sixers in general Campaign. was they need a shooter, right? They desperately need a shooter. They need someone to just space the floor, like comfortable catching the ball, nailing an open shot. And he's certainly capable of that. Yeah, 100. He's absolutely 100 percent. Do you think this? Um, do you think while Embiid is out? Kel- Kelly Oubre, obviously, Tobias should be a rostered, but Kelly Oubre. Rosterable, Paul Reed rosterable and then obviously buddy hill i think so and that's the rest of the season yeah for sure i mean obviously we're gonna have to kind of see what the mix looks like when maxi comes back like does Ubre get pushed into more of a like 12 13 point a game role and if so like maybe he's not super interesting but other than that i mean like yeah i think buddy's gonna be a top 75 player the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Definitely top 100. Paul Reed's going to be up and down, but there are going to be games that make him worth it, right? So there's going to be, he's going to be a top probably 120, 110 player this year. Maybe even top 100 
for the rest of the season. Yeah, we're what's crazy is that we are in one the one one second after the trade deadline ended. We were already in silly season. And usually it takes until after the All-Star break. Then we truly get into silly season. But I think like right with you know, with all the injuries, with all the different uh players who are out and other teams as well, uh with the weird rotations, with the fact that um Detroit's dropping half of their team we are we are in silly season. I I have to mention this, Tyler. I've had I've had a drink. I've had a couple of drinks this evening. Uh, I've run out of I've run out of my can my favorite canned drink. Uh, ever heard about about this long drink, Tyler? Oh, I no no. This is news. This is news to me. Um, long drink. I highly recommend it to anyone who's not drink who doesn't want to drink hops who feels and they're getting like oh they don't feel very good after drinking a bunch of beer. Uh, I think it's the coolest story of a drink I've ever heard. Long drink was commissioned by the government of Finland for the, uh, they, they were hosting the summer Olympics, like in like the fifties or sixties or something like that. And they were worried people weren't going to get drunk enough at the summer Olympics. So the government commissioned a study to figure out how they were going to get people drunk at the summer Olympics. And they came up with this long drink it's called long drink. It's like a canned like gin based seltzer with like juniper and like cranberries and like different. There's different flavors and shit like that. I want my tax dollars going to figuring out ways for me to drink better. That's what I want my tax money going towards. And that's why I think long drinks like the coolest drink. It's like this is a this is a tax based idea. How do we get you drunker? Uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, back to the basketball though. Yes. I, I have Detroit. To ask Detroit must have been had must have had too many long drinks because they just dropped Killian Hayes. They dropped Daniel. Who started? House. He started yes. a game on the seventh. The trade deadline was on the eighth, and he was just released. How do you start a game a day before they're just like, Nah, man, we're we're done with you. Yeah, I have a I have a serious question. Are the Detroit Pistons disbanding? Like, are they not going to be like, are they disintegrating the team? Are they moving to Seattle? Like what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. They're the most difficult team to figure out in just pure basketball terms. Like what the hell are they doing? And they just keep making more moves that you go like, what, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? They could have traded Bogdanovich a year ago and gotten at least a first round pick. Yeah, definitely. Now, maybe you, maybe they really like Quentin Grimes, but like they got Quentin Grimes and two second round picks for Bardanovich and Alec Burks. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's like you can't. I mean, you couldn't get that for Zach Levine right now. Well, the crazy part is Incredible. like the Mavs gave up two first round picks, one for Daniel Gafford and yeah. one for PJ Washington, and I'm like. Isn't Bogdanovich a better player than? Wouldn't you rather have Daniel guys? House and Bogdanovich and Killian Hayes? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Like, I mean, I get, I get the Killian Hayes thing in the sense of like he is a flawed player. Like, sure, that's that's obvious to see. But like, he also has like a pretty good NBA skill. Yes, and so to just like get rid of him, just like wave him. 
Oh, I get though why they wanted to get rid of him in the sense that like he is a point guard. You have Jaden Ivey, who you should have been playing all season. You have Marcus yep. Sasser, who's good. You have Cade Cunningham, who you want to have the ball. Like, there's not really room for Killian Hayes. But, like, what I don't understand is you're starting him like, one day, and then you're just telling him, no, you're not even on the team anymore the next. Like, you don't make any sense. Yeah, like, he's not, like, a second-round... Like, he's not worth a second-round pick? He's not worth a second-round pick in the offseason? Yeah, and even, like, I mean, some teams, like, trade for fake second-round picks, which are, like, oh, it's top 55 protected or whatever. Like, you couldn't tell me no team was even willing to give up that. You were just like, go away. Just stop being here. Maybe there's something we don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think the the Troy Pisses are drunk as fuck. Um, great news for Jaden Ivey, who I really like, who I am, I've been rooting for. And now it's, it's Jaden Ivey time. He's going to get tons of minutes. Imagine um, that. The number five pick in the NBA draft being good at basketball. Imagine yeah, that. Who would have thought? <laughs> what a crazy idea. Maybe you should play him every once in a while. He's, I, 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 I'm picking him up anywhere he's available. I actually already picked him up a few weeks ago. Um, Marcus Sasser might be worth uh, riding until the Detroit Pistons wave him, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Uh, Marcus Sasser has surprisingly been good this year, right? For a 25th pick, like, he's having a really good rookie year, and, like, uh, his minutes are up and down, like, for sure. But if you look at his last, like, uh, eight games, he's only playing 20.9 minutes, but 13.1 points, 4.3 assists. 20.9 minutes? That's pretty damn good. Yeah, his um, per 36 so, is really nice. Yeah, so, obviously, I don't know how much Sasser's going to play uh, down the stretch. The Pistons are trying to avoid having one of the worst seasons ever. Um, good luck. So, and Sasser's defense hasn't been good, like, that's fair to say. But, yeah, I mean, the numbers for fantasy are definitely interesting if he's going to get playing time, and it seems like he should get playing time down the stretch, at least some. Yeah, another another guy who I think a lot of I mean a lot of people were like definitely excited, definitely already crowning as like a like a top rookie who has completely kind of fallen out of favor in Detroit. Asar um is like should be playing like now that they've dropped everybody on their team, he should be someone who gets that those minutes back, that mojo back, that like early season. I'm a five tool player. I get steals and blocks. Um, like I shoot the occasional three. I get good rebounds. He has like not been in favor in Detroit since I don't know November when he was playing very well. It seems like he should be someone who can play very well. He started the last two games. Is a star worth a pickup in a standard league? Uh, if you look at his last 10, 8.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, uh, 1.2 steals, 0.9 blocks. Like, I think he's probably worth a pickup just for that, Like especially if he's going to play a few more minutes. He's only playing 24 minutes a game in that last 10 games. Like, you're going to tell me he's going to play 28 to 30? But, like, in some respects, I don't want any piston because they don't even seem to know who they want to play. Like, again, <laughs> this is a dude. He was the fifth pick this year, and you don't want to play him. Like, when do you just, you suck. Just play your young players. Yeah, you're going to go down historically as one of the worst teams of all time. What do you got to lose here? 
at all. I mean, and the the the, the couple wins. I mean, they're four and si- they're four and six in their last ten. You're up to eight wins already. Like all you gotta do is get to ten. You got a lot Just of a games couple. left. Just play your young players. It's cool, man. Just do it. It's absolutely baffling to me what's going on. honestly like you know how like there was this um back in the day when uh the sixers were doing the process and they you know they got Ma- michael carter williams and he was like the rookie of the year and they they traded him immediately because well michael carter williams was not you know not the uh the new savior of of anybody and they just kept tanking and people would stop buying tickets. People wouldn't even go to, to away games when the Sixers came into town. And the league got really pissed. And they, like, fined them. And they, they made, like... Didn't they, like, put somebody in charge of the, the Sixers, like, temporarily from the league office? Yeah, Colangelo. Yeah, yeah. They, like, forced their way into managing the team similar to what they did with that uh, Chris Paul trade way back in the day. You should look into that if you don't know anything about that. Um, oh, did you see the Gilbert Arenas thing about that? If you didn't see that, you got to check that out. I certainly did. I certainly did. Everyone should go listen to that Gilbert Reyes uh, interview because he is spitting some hot truth. Yeah, I mean, it's wild for sure. Um, and then obviously, like, they put Brian Colangelo in charge of the Sixers. And then there was that whole secret phone thing. Do you remember that business? Oh, yes, yes, yes. The, the secret, secret phone. Twitters. Yeah, and all that, all that craziness. So, so uh, yeah. The NBA used to be wild nuts. What I what I'm literally seeing Detroit doing is worse than all that. So yeah, I mean, no one and no one seems to give a shit. I mean, I guess it was a positive step that you traded Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, like two young players. It's actually a positive step because now you are two veteran players because now you got to play some young players, right? But they they still might not do it. It's crazy. I mean, like yes. Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Dern and Kid Cunningham are all averaging over 30 minutes a game. But why is Jay Nivey only averaging 27? Why is Asar Thompson averaging 23? Yeah, like this guy is considered like, like could be an insane NBA talent. You're like, ah, I don't really want to play him. Huh? What? Yeah. Like, and you're, like, you're not like you already got, you already got your best chances for the first round pick. I think you're good. And and to make matters worse, I mean, it's Monty Williams that's doing this, and he just signed that huge contract. It's like I, I don't really know what what to even say. Like it's well, it's baffling. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like Monty Williams not getting is go- being like I'm going to do what I want. I think it's it's obviously higher up than that. Oh, I don't know. Monty admitted to being the one who didn't want to play Jaden Ivey. Oh well, you know maybe. I don't get that. Because literally, you know, you know when Jaden Ivey started playing? Monty admitted this. Uh, you could probably look it up. Uh, Jaden Ivey started playing when Monty said in a press conference, the front office, or I don't, he don't even know if he said the front office. I don't know who he said. Management, someone in management told him that, th- that he should probably play Jaden Ivey more. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I do, re- I do remember reading this. <laughs> Because I remember Play being your, like, yeah. <laughs> Play your good young it, point Was it me? Did I call little. Monty Williams? <laughs> Absolutely fucking insane. Um, don't don't understand. Don't get it at all. Uh, the other Thompson twin with uh, Fred Van Fleet out also. I mean, if if Asar's 
got that skill set. A mint's supposed to be similar, if not better. Like it's uh he's he's playing well. Like like I think I don't know how silly the season gets for Houston though. The season is already way out of control for Detroit. But and that we've said that like Amin's Amin might be better overall, even from a fantasy standpoint. He's got um, a playmaker for sure. Yeah. And the last two games where he started, where guess what? A team that's like, hey, maybe we should give uh, some of our young talent a chance when the opportunity arises. There are they're already doing it. His last two starts have been kind of nice. Like you, they haven't been like outstanding scoring uh, adventures or anything like that. But uh, in the last three games, 10 rebounds, four assists, almost a steal and a block. Yeah, and we got to admit too, the Rockets are trending the wrong way, right? They're three and seven in their last ten. They're five games under five hundred. They're two West out of is the a bloodbath, right? Like, I think at some point, if you're Houston, uh, you just lean into the fact that you're not going to be good and you're not going to make the mm-hmm. play-in, and you play him, you play Kim Whitmore, and at that point, right? Like, a Men Thompson could be a real interesting, you know, uh, top one hundred player at, at that moment. So, yes. I think he's a very fun, silly season pickup. I actually think he he will be rosterable at some point. If you want to, get, if you got some room on your team right now, I would actually snag him up. Um, I, who would you rather have, a Sar or a Men? A Men, just because I feel like I don't know what the hell the Pistons are doing. Whereas the Rockets, Ime is a good coach. Say what you want yeah. about the other stuff, he's a good basketball coach. Uh, can't disagree with that. If Fred Van Fleet comes back and you see those minutes drop, then obviously a drop is in it. But like, I think silly season is going to happen early and often across the league. Simply because like, there are well, really they... great teams and, and quite a few teams are not. <laughs> they, they ain't it. They rolled Van Fleet out for four games too. And he's only missed two. And it's an adductor injury. Like he would not be the first person we've seen miss a considerable amount of time with that injury. So they ruled him out for four games. But would the Rockets be the first team to go? Oh, he's out for four games, and then uh, when they so, when someone asks for another update, yeah, four more, and then mm. it turns into a month. I mean, like the Rockets, the Rockets want to be good, and the Rockets are gonna make some offseason moves. I think like they're gonna try to improve their roster fast, but. I think they realized that the trade line, like there, there wasn't the game changing move, and so they're just like, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna keep our young talent for now, and we're gonna go into the off season with our young talent. And we're gonna maybe try to trade it for somebody better then. So I think they're gonna play that young talent and showcase it. Yeah, good, good on them. Um, I, I think that's that's fantastic uh, because I think a lot of the guys on that team are are very good, and I think Houston could be. A great, uh, a great team in the future. Actually, uh, once the West kind of settles down, and the, and the West, I just doesn't look like this could be anytime soon. That the West isn't an absolute bloodbath, especially with the rise of Oklahoma City, the competence of a lot of a lot of the teams there. But there's a ton of older players who are who are getting older, right? Um, so we'll I mean, see how the me, off season rolls. Let me run this by you. So we see Oklahoma City kind of make that really fast rise, right? Yeah. Um, I would argue only more spots are opening up. Like we saw Golden State be the team that kind of faded 
as yep. Oklahoma City rose, right? But how good do you feel about the Clippers in three years? The Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. The Suns. Team. The Suns. The Suns might – this is like maybe a one- or two-year shot for the Suns. Yeah. KD might be on Dallas before the before, before next season starts. Right, and here's the other thing. Like, look at a team like Dallas. If things go sideways for the Mavs again this year and they don't make the playoffs, at what point does Luka start looking yeah. around? If Luka so, wants to come to the Chicago Bulls, uh, I will fly. I'll personally fly him here. And I will also say this. If you look at that non-play-in race in the West, they're, you know, Houston... It's a little scary. The Grizzlies are certainly scary once Ja comes back. And the Spurs, in a couple years, may be the scariest team. Are going to be real? I think they're going to be real sick. Like, they're going to be really, really good. The Kings are going to be... And then, like, all the teams that are, like, solid. Like, the Pelicans, the Kings. um, I mean, I'm not even calling... I I almost said, like, the Timberwolves are solid. They're, like, the number one team in the West. But I'm like, man, there's just something about the Timberwolves that I don't don't respect in the seven game series. We don't have to get in that today, but that's a, that's a future conversation. But like the jazz uh, are it, it, like, I feel like all those kind of like middle teams, they're fighting their time to also be good. Yeah. And so the West is going to still be crazy. It just might be a different kind of crazy, right? It might be the Clippers might be at the bottom and the Spurs might be near the top. And you know what I mean? Like, so I don't think the West is quitting anytime soon because there's a tremendous amount of young talent just as much as there is old talent, right? Anthony Edwards is leading the Timberwolves. Jokic is still pretty young, man. Jokic is going to be good for a long time. Shea Gilders Alexander, he's going to be around. He's going to be around. He's going to be around for a long time. Like I, I uh, got if, if honestly, I would vote for him MVP this year. I, I know that might be a little blasphemy, but like. Dude's carrying the team, and he's absolutely insane. He will have an MVP in his uh, his belt at some point in his career. And then you got, I mean, you got Luca. You got anybody on the Rockets, Sangoon, all those guys. You got John Morant. You got Victor Wembanyama. So there's a lot of young talent in the West too. Yo, yeah, the West is good. These ain't ain't that good. Uh, let's talk real quick about the Mavs since you did mention them. Uh, PJ Washington to the Mavs for. Grant Williams and Seth Curry, and honestly, I don't know. Like Grant Williams, I thought fit really, really well on that team, and I think he's a great fit. Actually, no matter where he goes, um, what do you think, Grant Williams, PJ Washington? Are these are these both like actually positive fantasy moves? Um, yeah. So it was a personality lack of fit with Grant Williams in Dallas. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Tim Mc- Tim McMahon let that out of the bag um, the other day. So the weird part about Grant Williams' season, um, just looking at it from the outside, was if you look at the beginning of the year, he started off tremendously hot for the Mavs. He looked to, to be exactly what Dallas wanted and needed, which is you know kind of a 3-and-D forward who made open shots and could defend multiple positions. Yeah. And... Things went south very quickly in Dallas. He started missing shots. He clearly was not meshing with the team well. Um, so, yeah, I think the Mavs kind of made it a point to move on from Grant Williams. And they did so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how much is he going to play in his new stop? That's, that's not something I can answer. 
Well, that's that's the number one candidate for silly season. Is, is well, maybe number two because Detroit. Come on, uh, Charlotte's like just in this is, is is in the same boat. It's like what are the fuck are they doing here? Like, what is this team? Who's playing? Well, I, um, I'll give it to Charlotte. They actually, I thought were smart. What they did was they realized that they're not good. They have yeah. two guys that they want to build around. Miles Bridges could refuse trades, so they didn't trade him because he basically told them. He wasn't going to let them, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, because the whole story there is he wants to keep his bird rights because then in the off season, he can get signed and traded to a contending team and, or he can just leave to a contending team with cap space and, or he can get more money from the Hornets. Whereas like if he got traded to Phoenix, the Suns could only pay him 125% of what he's making this season. So he makes like eight million, hundred twenty five percent of that was his max number. He just thinks he can get more, and he might be right. Um, I think he. I mean, I, uh, I mean, no comment. But I think he can because he's he's quite good. He's quite good at basketball. He's not great at some uh, other things. Quite good at being and, a human being. Right, and we don't need to get into any of that. That's a, a whole nother conversation. Um, but. I thought the Hornets did well in this respect too. They got two first round. They got first round picks. You know what I mean? Like they traded Gordon Hayward. They traded uh, PJ Washington, but they got picks, and that was smart. Like this is a rebuilding team, and so yeah. instead of doing what what your team did, which is we're going to chase the eighth seed for the eight hundredth year in Ooh. a row, great. It, they said Fantastic. we're going to we're going to go to the bottom and try to come up. And Brandon Miller looks like a dude. Brandon Miller looks good. A lot of people, you know, I, I find it very funny. A lot of people are like, man, Brandon Miller was weak. I can't believe people are picking Brandon Miller that high in the in the draft. That's insane. And quite a while ago, we said, go go pick up Brandon Miller. And back in like early December, we we're like, yo, Brandon Miller's like good. Like, go yeah. go pick him up. If he's in your league, go pick him up because now he, I mean, he's probably not available in your in your league at all. He's going to be the guy there for the rest of the season. Silly season has arrived there. Um, I'm also, I'm also kind of interested. Um, I think Grant Williams will play a decent role in here. I'm actually much more interested in what Trey Mann's going to do on this team. Ooh, that's a that's a good call. I mean, Trey Mann's I, six man. He's not starting over Lamelo, right? Well, I mean, if when when Lamelo is playing, yeah, yeah. I, I guess start, I'm looking. I think. I guess I'm looking more long term, like at it. Like, what 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 role does he fit long term as opposed to like this minute? Um, I think you could play. Can you play Trey Mann and Lamelo together? Probably not. Well, not for long periods so, of time. I mean, I my case for them picking Scoot Henderson is was this. Um, obviously, you know, and we can talk about was that right? Was that wrong? I don't think you can say either way because they're both you know 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever. Um, obviously Brandon Miller looks really good, but it always takes point guards a little bit to acclimate to the league. The thing I'll say about LaMelo is, yeah, okay, he's only 22 too, so he's still super young, but I don't know what team you build around LaMelo to be successful. I don't either. That's a great question to think of, like, how do you, because he's, he's not, he's not Luca. Well, and he's, he's not... big. He's big, but he's terrible on defense, and he's very skinny. Yeah. So like, it's it's not is like this... like Luca. Luca's a big dude. 
Like Luca is a middle linebacker, right? Like you can, he can guard fours. He can guard three. He can guard small ball and fives. He, and he doesn't right? really like have. And uh, yeah, he he can when it, when it's time to actually lock down and guard, he's he's average. Like he's like he's he's maybe in some cases better than average because of his size. Well, right? and, here's and the that's thing, like, like that's great when you consider a lot of people aren't. If he decides yes. he doesn't want you to post him up, you're not posting Luca up. Whereas you could yes, post Lamelo up, big. and just yeah, get to you the can, basket. I mean, you could kind of stroll by Lamelo, right? He, like it's, it's very funny. Like when Zach Levine tries, he's like an average defender. And it's like when he doesn't want to try on defense, he put put those two guys together. Lamelo and Zach together would be the no defense team, and just try to score uh, two hundred points a game. Well, and I think Brandon Miller's the right kind of player, right? Because he's a, a wing who's going to defend and is athletic, right? Like, he's the right kind of yeah. fit for someone like LaMelo. Now you just need the other three pieces. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you got any of them. Maybe Grant Williams is a good fit, right? Because Grant Williams is going to defend. He can hit shots. Grant, so. Grant Williams is a, ni- is a nice fit, in my opinion. Like, I really think he's kind of yeah. like... I think he he really could be if you think about where his place is in the in the league is kind of that like you know Jay Crowder esque type player, but a better shooter and, and and maybe defense is a little bit worse, but it's not Here's it's not the, much worse. There's one thing though that like is kind of a troubling trend for Grant Williams. I think it's like his minutes have gone up for his entire career, but like he still has never played more than twenty six minutes a game. A season. True. Like, True. He... I don't know. Like that. Th- there's a lot of evidence now, right? There's five years. This is the fifth year of his career. Like, at some point, you just go like, maybe he's just a 26 minute a game guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just. I think Dallas obviously didn't fit for him because. I. I think he. I mean, he's only 25. I. I really do think he. He can be. Like a like a great fifth three and D like fifth man three and D. Yeah, and that's he's got a long career. He's got a long career ahead of him, is what I'm saying. Oh, he's gonna yeah. I mean, he's gonna play somewhere, obviously. And he's not the first person that didn't fit great next to Luca and that went on to do stuff. And like one of the first ones was Delon Wright. Kristaps Porzingis is another one. Uh, Josh yeah. Richardson. J- like the Mavs have cycled through a lot of players and. You'll hear when they traded them that didn't fit. Just wasn't right. They just he just didn't fit Lex to Luca. He didn't well, who, play that who well. Fits with, the, that is a great question. Who fits with Luca? Because uh, it's, it's like who fits with Harden, circle. man. Like who wants to stand around and in the corner and hope and be wide open for Luca? Like some people do. A lot of people don't. Uh, Rob Mahoney from The Ringer just wrote this article, and it's a good question. The guys that fit best next to Luca, you, you really want to know? I'll tell you. In my yeah, opinion, yeah. I mean this. This is just my opinion. Um, you need a rim roller who can pr- protect the rim on the other end. So you need a center. You need oh, someone absolutely. like what they're hoping Derek Lively can turn into. Uh, that's a must because Luca's gonna run a million pick and rolls. Yep. So you and need if that. you are great at, at being that pick and roll guy. Who has someone has to roll with you? Luca becomes borderline unstoppable at that point. Yep, and so I, I think that's that's obviously the first must. Um, in the backcourt next to Luca, you need someone that can guard on the ball, 
and is okay basically just running the second unit. That's why Kyrie fits kind of well. If Kyrie was a better defender, like if there's someone willing to kind of play that Kyrie role that is a good defender, he would be the ideal backcourt partner for Luka. Right? Like, like Kyrie that? can handle the ball, but he's also very comfortable not handling the ball. Um, yes. And then on the wings, you need two dudes who are willing to literally just stand there, and when they get past the ball, shoot. And that's why Dorian Finney-Smith was so good with Luka. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith does not want to handle the ball. He wants to catch it and shoot it. Or should he? And he's wide open. Right? And so, those, that's, the, that's the team, if you ask me. And then, obviously, in the second unit, you gotta have someone that can, you know, handle the ball a little bit. You gotta have another big man. You gotta have some more wings. I mean, like, it's, it's not easy to build that team because everybody wants those wings. Yeah, who doesn't want that 3 and D guy who stands in the corner? Yeah, um, but that's the team. Well, is, is P.J. Washington a 3 and D guy who stands in the corner that's worth rostering on a, fancy, on, a, on a fancy team for the rest of the year? So here's my question about P.J. Washington, and maybe this is more of a, uh, a real-life basketball question, but I think it's also a fantasy basketball question. Um, by all accounts, and I will not say that I've watched a tremendous amount of the Charlotte Hornets this year, but by all accounts, his defense has slipped considerably this season, maybe just on a lack of effort level but maybe yeah. not um does going to yeah. dallas and playing for a contender get him re-engaged on the defensive end if so if he's back to averaging a steal and a block a game and you know 14 points and five rebounds and you know two and a half assists yeah he's really interesting if he's going to play the defense he played in charlotte this season I'm willing to pick up PJ Washington at, at this point right now. If I have a roster spot and I want, I want to get somebody. I want to pick somebody up. He fits that mold of like, okay, he can score, he gets rebounds, uh, you know, almost a steal, almost a block. If that's the kind of player you're you're looking for here, you you, you kind of said it. He's he's gonna set his own destiny here. The opportunity is there for him, right? And if he is engaged, there's no reason he's not playing full starters 34 or 35 minutes a game, which makes him into a, a fantastic fantasy player for the rest of the year. And if he's going to be wide open, sitting in the corner, he's going to hit more threes, score, going to score more points. I actually, I actually really like P.J. Washington in this situation, and I'm willing to take the opportunity to see that play through. Obviously, you laid it out very well. It's his for the taking. He might just not take it. Yeah, and and that's that's obviously a question I can't answer because I don't I don't know like what the motivation is going to be, how the fit's going to be. Um, but he was the hundred eighth ranked player last year. Yeah. I don't see why he can't get back to those numbers and maybe even a little bit better because he only shot thirty four point eight percent last year. And if there's one thing Luka Doncic is going to do for you, he's going to get you a lot of open shots. He's going to find you with a behind-the-back pass from 30 feet away, and it's up to you to hit the shot um, because he's that fucking good. Yeah, I'm picking up P.J. Washington. I think he's a pickup in standard leagues just to, for the opportunity, right? Like, I think a lot of people might 
not pay attention to the Charlotte Hornets at all. Um, I think a lot of people also, if they did, were like, PJ Washington isn't really getting a lot of minutes. Like, fuck that guy. Uh, no, PJ Washington's good. He's he's. I think he's very good. I think he will take this opportunity, at least in the short term. In the long term, I don't know, man. We'll see. But it's, uh, uh, I think I'm willing to get a roster spot in for PJ Washington, obviously depending on who's sitting on your bench. Other than that, Spencer Dinwiddie to the Raptors? Does that interest you at all? Well, he got bought out already, and he's already started oh, yeah, his, right. his his buyout tour. Uh, Schroeder to the to the Nets, obviously, might be the the more interesting piece of that trade. Yes. Um, but back to Dallas, real quick, just to end it. Yeah, go, ahead. Um, go ahead. Does Daniel Gafford interest you more or less after the deal? I mean, obviously, Gafford was the starting center in Washington. He's probably going to back up Derek Lively in Dallas. Um, obviously the blocks are a big part of his value, but he was a top 50 player, uh, for the trade. Yeah, I think, um, I forgot my old, old former Chicago bull, Danny Gafford. Um, how long is lively out? Because if I'm Dallas, I want lively. I want to. I want Lively front and center. I want him playing a lot. I want to develop him. He is, like you're saying, the the right fit with Luca. If he's out for a while, which it seems like he will be, for uh, maybe uh, he missed the last game because he broke his nose. Yeah, well, he's been on five games. Yeah, so he was hurt, and then he broke his nose. Like he was hurt. I'm not coming, back. I'm the- not coming right back after a broken nose. I was like, ah, he'll put the he'll put the mask on. He might miss a couple uh, more games, but he's gonna put the mask on soon enough. I'll be back out there. The problem with him so far right. has been this is not the first injury. He has missed, um, he missed four games in a row in December, and he missed another yeah. five games in a row in January, and now he's missed five games in a row in February. So every month it seems like he has this weird five game absence. <laughs> Um, yes. So, I, I mean, I don't know how much you can trust him as far as that goes, but I would say that those two are going to play all 48 of the center minutes. The question is going to be, is it going to be a relative even, you know, 26 to 22 split, or is it going to be 30 to 18? <laughs> uh, and. That's a tough question because up until this season, Daniel Gafford was not breaking the 20 minute, like barely breaking the 20 minute. mark, right? And he was on a team that just needed someone to play. His value comes from his blocks. We talk about this all the time. Danny Gafford's ranking is based on the fact that he's one of the top shot blockers in the league. He also shoots about what seven shots a game, not even been up a, a little uh, bit in the last few, few, if, few if weeks. If he can set up, if he can set a good screen, that might go up a bit in Dallas. In Dallas, absolutely right. So, but like his value, right? If you look at a nine cat ranking, he doesn't ever turn the ball over because he doesn't have the ball long enough to turn it over. His field goals high because he's only dunking or laying it in. He gets 
very good rebounds and he gets really good blocks. Those are categories that if you are good at, you are ranked pretty high in those particular categories. The dude in, you know, what, 27 minutes a game is like an 11, nine and like one assist dude. That's and, and like, that's not good. He's got, he's got to steal a game this season. That's, that's positive. Right. If if I'm Dallas, you you traded for him. You think he's I I think he's gonna play. I think he's gonna play, but I think it is gonna be a, a split, unfortunately. Yeah, which makes both of them. I mean, interesting worth rostering. But again, you're going yeah. like, okay, well, what what can you really do? Like, you make it. You might get ten, and you might get ten. Not even. There's nothing right? you can get, do. Like, Right, you're going to get like eight, and then you're both going to get like a block, and it's going to be fine, but you're really just splitting the baby there, and like, one of you could be awesome, and one of you could be not worth rostering, but you're both going to be worth rostering, and you're both going to play the same minutes, and you're both going to be good, not great. Yeah, and I don't think as if you own either one of those players on your team, I don't think there's anything you could possibly do other than hold on to them and see what happens. Uh, I, I, I absolutely think if you're playing in a league, your trade deadline should be after the actual trade deadline to give it another week to maybe until the end of February you should allow people to make some moves based on what happens during the trade deadline. Um, and I don't think I would move either one of those guys because I, I think it could go any which way. And like the worst case scenario is. A little less minutes for either either one of them, and they're a little bit worse off. Like, and that's, I don't, you know, I don't think you're moving into one of those guys for anything novel anyway, Gafford or Lively. Like, I don't, I just don't think you're going to get a lot back for either one of them. Another player I think we have to talk about is uh, Bogdanovich to the Knicks. That's another fancy relevant move. Oh, see, this is a tough one because I'm not exactly sure. Um. How it's going to be, like, I, I feel like this is going to be two scenarios for Bogdanovich, okay? There's going to be okay. what he is right now, and then what he is when the Knicks actually get healthy. He's going to be good right now, because the Knicks don't really have anybody, right? That's true. OG's hurt for, like, three weeks. Julius Randle is out. Um, so I think he's going to really cook for a little bit. But once they get healthy, like, isn't Randle above him in the pecking order? And OG's just going to play a ton of minutes because they are they want his defense. So, like, does Bogdanovich slowly morph from a, you know, a top 70 guy this year to... This, the defensive stats are non-existent as it is. So, like, if yeah, he's not playing a no bunch of minutes and scoring, yeah, that's it's going to be bad fast. Yeah. I I agree. I think Bogdanovich. If, if he just kind of gets buried, just move on. He won't for yeah, in the short term, but in the long term, I think it's it's very possible. Well, and I mean, obviously, OG. They said he's going to miss like three weeks, right? But like, one of those is the All Star week, so like, he's really only missing two weeks. That was not that much of season left. I understand that, but like. Randall was going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. 
on February 1st. Now, reevaluating two to three weeks doesn't mean he's coming back. But, like, say he misses a month, like, he could be back at the start of March. I think, he, I think he's worth holding if your playoffs are starting soon. Um, Donovich. But, yeah, it could be uh, slightly detrimental. Once well, here's, here's what I might do. There's no, there's no room for him. That's what I mean. I might try to trade him now. See if I got a decent amount of like left to go. Like, say my final is in mid March, or maybe even like we go through the whole season. I might like, especially if he has a good game for the Knicks. Even I might try to deal him for another top seventy-five player because I don't think he's going to be a top seventy-five player for the entire rest of the season. No, probably not. I mean, you know, you know, and also you know, Tibbs. If you're not going to play defense. Sorry yeah, about you. Uh, I actually think he's kind of an underrated defender. Like he's had some good like playoff defensive efforts. Like mm-hmm. when he played for the Jazz, he defended Luca well because he's like strong enough and sturdy enough to like match up well against those type of guys. Like Luca's not super super quick, but I think it's gotten worse with age. Like he has not looked like that defender. Since that series in Utah in 2022. No. But he is. He, he, he hasn't 30, looked the same at all. And I, I don't. He's pushing 35. I mean, he turns 35 in April. There's been some injuries as well. Right. So, like, I'm not saying that he's a good defender. I'm just saying he has shown some flashes there. And maybe on a contending team, he picks that up a little bit. Uh, but, I, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be good. And I'm also not expecting any defensive stats. No, those will never come. Like that, that it's over for him as well. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. Are there are there anyone else on this trade deadline that intrigues you the rest of the season? Because uh, really, we got silly season left, and that's it. Uh intrigues me. I don't. I don't really have a name off the top of my head. I think um, we're gonna see a lot of uh, craziness left in the season for sure. Some of these yeah. teams are going to completely try to tank their way. I mean, like the the Grizzlies are already doing it. Let's face it. Like, oh, for look sure. at some of those. Look at some of those Grizzlies lineups they've ran out in the last. I don't know. Insert number of games here. Oh, yeah, I mean, are you? Uh, is Gigi Jackson on your radar? Uh he got hurt, didn't he? Ah, damn! Did he? I thought I saw that. I could be oh, wrong. Yeah. I thought he came back. But he came back in. Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks like he's playing. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, he's interesting. He is... Uh, how do I want to say this? He is someone I don't really know what to expect from. Like, he's 19. That's, that's rare. Be... That's the first time I've yeah, ever heard that... you say that. Like, there's not going to be any consistency with a 19-year-old playing massive minutes on a team that... I mean, they need a lot of stuff, so he could yeah. do a lot of stuff. But at the same time, like, there's going to be the 16-minute game in there, too. Yeah, they're running out there with Scottie Pippen Jr. They're running out there with Gigi Jackson. And I, uh, I don't know. I kind of like it when they're playing. Anyone on this team playing minutes is going to do stuff. How often are they going to play minutes? When are they going to play minutes? How often can you rely on that? I have no idea. So he's get, averaging 27.7 minutes a game uh, over his last seven. And some of that would be it would be higher if they didn't get blown out a couple times, probably. Um, yeah. So I'll read you the good stats, then I'll read you the bad stats. 
Uh, 14.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, almost a steal, and 0.7 blocks. Pretty good, right? Not bad. 1.3 assists, 38% from the field on 13 shots a game, 70% from the free throw line. Now, not a lot of free throws, but 3.4 isn't nothing. It's not, it's not, no, that's not nothing. That's a very specific head-to-head build. So, if you're in the head-to-head league, where uh, you just want to boost up your points and threes and rebounds, steal a game, it's not bad. But, uh... There's going to be some not, real That's bad, not a roto pickup. There's going to be some real bad efficiency from the Grizzlies going down the stretch here. Some real bad. Uh, almost, uh, almost... I was going to say almost certainly, certainly. Um, I do think Vince Williams is, uh, we said it a few, I think we said it a few episodes ago, but Vince Williams, pick him up. If he's still on your waiver wire, he shouldn't be. We said pick him up a while back, and uh, he's proven out to be uh, exactly what Memphis is going to lean on, is this dude to, to, to play. When the, when the Grizzlies played the Bulls, how many yeah. players that played for Memphis are in a NBA rotation next season? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, Jaron Jackson Jr. did play, so Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, uh, a rotation. Yep. Hold in a rotation, a rotation, averaging at least 20 minutes a game. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Aldama could be in a rotation. I don't know. No, no way. They well, played Jacob Gilliard 20 minutes. He's 5'8". Oh, uh, man. This is a bad team. They played <laughs> Trey Jameson. You, if you can tell me one thing about Trey Jameson. Oh, uh, Big, Tra- Big Trey? They call him Big Trey. and uh, In high school or college, they called him Big Trey. Yeah, exactly. That's, you made that up. My only this is my only stat. They played a guy who I can't even pronounce his last name. Usan. If you, uh, yeah, I can't pronounce uh, Trey Man's full like actual. I can't. I can barely say Trey Man. Tosan yeah, like, Eva Bubawan. Oof. We, we've seen John Conchar not really be in a rotation playing twenty minutes a game for a while, right? Scotty Pippen Jr. is probably not going to be in a rotation playing 20 minutes a game next season. There are no, literally are... three play. There are three players that I think could be in a rotation playing 20 minutes a game next season that played against the Bulls for the Grizzlies. Aaron Jackson, Santi Aldama, yep. and it's Vince Williams Jr. That's that's very the rest of these guys are G League players. Yeah, and Gigi but... Jackson like could be a 20 minute per game guy in a rotation at some point. Is he gonna be as a I mean, he literally started the year as an 18-year-old. He started the season as an 18-year-old. It's crazy. As a 20-year-old, is he going to be playing 20 minutes a game? I'm not sure about that. I I would lean on no. I would lean he's more playing in the G League next season. I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does. But, like, here's the thing. This is why it's silly season. These dudes are going to win you weeks. The dudes on the in that roster play, who played against the Bulls uh, streaming this team can win you weeks, can win you playoff weeks. And that's why silly season is more is incredibly important to pay attention to these rosters, to pay attention to these bad bad teams. Because dudes come out of nowhere, they give them a, a, a leash, 
They the team gets worked, and Scotty Pippen Jr. gives you six assists. GG Jackson gives you 27 points and nine rebounds. And then you win your week and you win your league. That was done. Oh, 1000%. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, it, and they're just the first team to do it this year. It's like, there's going to be, early. Gonna be a million of them. It's getting earlier every year. Which is why I keep making the case for just play out the year. Like, just play it out. Because, like, literally, it's happening in, before the trade deadline even now. So, like, what, you're just, you're just never going to play fantasy basketball? You're going to play the first three months of the season, and then at the end of January, you're just going to say, okay, well, these are the finals. Like Your playoffs should start on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's supposed to be fun. Like, just play it out. There's going to be weird Play the stuff. whole season. Like, how much money could I made off of you, Michael, at the beginning of the season if I was like, uh okay, the Grizzlies have 18 wins on February 9th. Uh, Just I would, 18. I would have a, I would have a, I would have a nice laugh, and then I would be not laughing when all my money was gone. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, we can never predict it. We're never gonna be able to predict it. And there's always gonna be crazy, you know, injuries and teams that underperform, overperform. Yeah. And so just, just play, have fun. That's what just it's supposed play. to be about. Play a majority of the season, more than a majority of plays. Play 90% of the season. Who cares if Gigi Jackson's relevant? Uh, that's cool. That's fun. That makes things interesting. Kawhi Leonard might play the whole season. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have never been healthier. <laughs> All of a sudden. Um, and then they might sit the, la- the last three weeks of the season. Who knows? Nobody knows. All those things don't matter. You're all in the same boat. And we've made it. We've made it through the trade deadline. We've made it to silly season. I'm an earlier every year. Um, we made it to the end of the podcast, Tyler. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us, or hit us up uh, on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Watching the Boxes. If you just want to support the show generally, you just like the show, and you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are cool. I'll give them a few bucks a month uh, so they can get a coffee or buy a new microphone. Uh, eventually at some point we appreciate you we appreciate the listeners and we will see you next time